Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome in, ladies and gents, to this beautiful thing that we call CHGO Bulls Podcast. Brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download that app. Use the promo code. You know what it is. CHGO. When you sign up and you will be doing some awesome stuff because football season is on the way and I'm way too damn excited for it. I got the NFL network, but it ain't about me right now. I am Big Dave. You can follow me at Ball Sports, but it's about this gentleman over here in all his quaff glory. Looking all wonderful and stuff. That is Will to go Gottlieb. Follow him at Will underscore underscore Gottlieb. How are you, sir? I love how you just said, this is not about me. And then you you followed that up by saying, you can fill, follow me on Twitter at Ball Sports. <laughs> I got to do what I got to do, Will. I got to finish the story. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's not. It's not I, about me, but, you know, that's where I'm at. <laughs> I love it. How, how, how are you doing, man? Did you have a good weekend? Weekend is good. The day has been hectic, but everything's okay because I'm here doing this show uh, with you. Looking forward to doing this show, sir. I'm always looking forward to doing shows, but... This one in particular, because I was on Twitter causing havoc and throwing pipe bombs, what you like to do, and here to talk about it today, man, and we are going to get into it, but how, how was your weekend? Pretty chill? Pretty good? Pretty chill. It was pretty exciting watching Justin Fields throw three passes complete, two of which for 50-plus yard touchdowns. I feel like at least we'll have one exciting team in the city, so... Yeah, I don't know if you heard, Will, but that's a bad thing that Justin Field threw two touchdowns because he didn't throw it down the field. It's, it's bad that the people around him are good now. Yak is bad. Thing. Yak yeah. is bad. It's a bad thing. I, I learned that over watching this game. People were like, oh, this ter- it's a terrible thing, guys. I didn't know this, but it's a terrible thing. Wow. He's just, <laughs> he's just, he's never going to prove all the haters wrong, you know? No, it just no. And I hope he don't try. I hope he just continues to be Justin Fields. Just be him. Watching, man. And make, oh. Can't wait for the start of the season. It's going to be so much fun. But in the meantime, between time, y'all, we're going to talk about these Chicago Bulls because some things are going on, particularly dealing with James Harden and his 76ers going scorched earth on the Sixers right now. We talk about that, and we wonder if the Bulls should be looking at James Harden, maybe thinking about making a trade for him, yes or no. That's the pipe bomb that I threw out there on Twitter. And, yeah, I got back the results I thought I was going to get. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be fun. And also, we're going to play Hoops Grid. Hoop Grids. Am I saying it right, Will? Hoop Grids. I'm not even sure which one it is, but it's one of those. <laughs> but it's one of those. But we're playing it because Will has been talking about it for weeks. And we got I'm not very it. good at it, Dave, but uh-huh. I feel like you you just have this like incredibly vast knowledge of mm-hmm. random NBA players for like years <laughs> and years. So I feel like you're really going to be good at this, which is kind of why I wanted to do it. 
All right. We'll see what it is, man. We'll bring our guy uh, Kevin in also and see see what he knows on this too. But before we get into all of that stuff, man, we got to talk about what happened over the weekend. The Hall of Fame ceremony happened over the weekend. Several inductees that you all know and that you all love. Uh, including Greg Popovich, whose speech was absolutely outstanding and wonderfully awesome. But also Dirk Nowitzki, who's in my top five of favorite players all time. He was amazing. That was great to see as well. But Paul Gasol and the man who closed the show, Dwayne Wade, two former Chicago Bulls, went into the Hall of Fame, ladies and gentlemen. And that's really, really cool. Uh, Kev, if you got those stats, can you put them up for me, please? to show what they were doing with the Chicago Bulls, ladies and gentlemen. These are their career numbers with the Chicago Bulls. You see Paul Gasol, 17 and 11, three assists, 48% from the field, basically 38% from three. It was a two-time All-Star and second-team All-NBA. And there's D-Wade, who came in basically on one year in 25 mil, but got bought out for the second year. But he still averaged 18 points, four rebounds, 3.8 Assists 43% from the field, and that 31% from three, I believe, is his third highest in his career. His highest came in his final season, which was 38, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, uh, both went to the playoffs. Uh, one had a more successful career than the other, and one was more beloved <laughs> by Full Nation uh, than the other, man. But so, we'll start with Paul. We'll, um, what were your feelings on Paul Gasol? Not just his t- tenure in Chicago, but just him as a player. Um, so first of all, I think for both of these guys, it's just so funny to think about them as Chicago Bulls, because obviously they're not going into the hall of fame as Bulls. D-Wade obviously is like the greatest Miami Heat player ever. Pow, um, you know, multi-time champion with the Lakers also had a very good early career with the Grizzlies and then kind of bounced around a little bit. Um, so you don't really think about them as Bulls. And I think, you know, you mentioned, um, one being liked more than the other. I, I do kind of feel like neither of them were really fully embraced. Like Powell, obviously a little bit more uh, just because he was competing at a higher level when he was on the Bulls. It was his age 34 and 35 season. Um, D-Wade obviously came in a little bit later. Actually, it was his 35 season, but he was more athletic dependent. And so I think his game didn't age quite as well. But um, yeah, they just, I, I think... When the Bulls went after D-Wade and LeBron in the summer of 2010 and they struck out and they got, you know, they had to get Boozer as a, you know, as their consolation prize. Um, And then in 2015, they brought in Powell. And I just feel like neither of those guys were really the main target that they were going after. And so even though they didn't really like perform, they were past their primes. Powell obviously still two all-star appearances, which was crazy. Um, But I just feel like they, they don't really seem like you know career bulls obviously but also i don't think that they were really beloved in chicago as much as certainly other stops but probably even as much as they could and should have been so um i know matt hates on d wade all the time d wade's one of my favorite players ever um just absolutely loved watching that guy in his early heat days rooted against them very heavily obviously when lebron went to miami but um yeah i mean it was a stupid stupid three alpha season but all like all in all, D-Wade, one of my favorite players ever. And then, like, Pow just being so polished, so good uh, at every aspect of the game and just being, like, the consummate professional. Uh, they're both just absolutely locks for the Hall of Fame. Obviously, they're already in, but just, like, clear-cut Hall of Fame all-time greats. Yeah. Well, Paul Gasol, 
is so interesting to me because you're right. I don't think he got the love that he should have gotten uh, from this team. I don't know if it was because of, you know, him not being the main guy coming in, like the big splash uh, pick, or if it was because, you know, he's not a big splashy kind of guy. So he's just a, you know, very chill person in his personality as well. But he was outstanding every single game. He was outstanding here for the Chicago Bulls, man. The the Pyro Gasol Jimmy Butler alley oop was a thing. Like that happened. I'm glad so you brought that up because that that was like one of the craziest connections that you can remember. Like they were just they had it on lock. It was once a game. The yeah. one where he uh threw it to Jimmy and Jimmy tipped it in against the Pacers, yeah, like the right before beat. the buzzer. That was like mm-hmm. one of my favorite shots by Jimmy and just plays in general. That was just such a crazy one. Yeah, he was he was just great passing uh out of that post. Um great shooting. You know, the three-point shot out of the corner was his favorite. He was always there. It was always open. He took a pay cut to come here because he just liked Joe Kim Noah. Joe Kim Noah actually recruited him here. He took a pay cut to come play with the Chicago Bulls. So that says a lot about him as well. But he was just awesome. He was always outstanding. Like I said, two-time All-Star. The second team All-NBA one is what was also like, wow, yeah, you were really that kind of guy uh, when you were here with the Bulls. And, of course, he was on that team uh, when Derrick Rose hits the buzzer beater against Cleveland and then hits the game tying one in the next game, but then the timeout by David Blatt and then the LeBron shot and the series was over after that. We all knew whoever won that game was going to win that series. Yeah, that basically, like, ended the Tibbs era, too. I mean, that that shot was, like – really the end of an era for the Bulls. And obviously then came D-Wade right after that. Yes, and D-Wade, of course, you know, I love D-Wade. I always love D-Wade. I will always love uh, D-Wade. I didn't hate the three alphas like everybody else uh, hated them. With I completely understand it, but I didn't hate them. I wanted to go to the playoffs. Uh, we went to the playoffs. I actually saw a D-Wade game, got a D-Wade game in one of those playoff games where he just completely balled out. Um, but the Bulls were uh, weren't able to win that one because uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Rondo was out that game and Jimmy didn't have a great game uh, in that one. But D Wade, man, no, he was. I really enjoyed watching D Wade here. I did. He was fun for me because as much shit as people talked about him, I, every time I look at them, I'm like, dude was after 18 a game, dog. Like even not being the super athletic guy that he is, that's why he always surprises me so much because so much of his game is based on athleticism and he can't shoot like that. But yet he'll get you 18 a game and he's six foot four and and he'll block his shots and he'll play pretty solid defense for you as well. So, no, I've always liked him. Um, always will like D-Wade. Paul Gasol, I believe, got his first triple double here in really? his career uh, with the Chicago Bulls, if I'm not mistaken about that. I believe that's correct, though. Um, and then <laughs> Dwayne Wade had his taken away. The first one ever his career had his taken away here by, by a man who he up. made so much money. Yes, he kind of got that man broke off. They had crazy. a great lob connection. Speaking of which, man, like yeah. D Wade running those second units with Felicio rim rolling, like he made Felicio look good and got him a nice payday. He did. He got him a check and then he went and stole his triple double for him. But no, not to worry, he got it when he went back to Miami, of course. Um, but yeah, much shout out to those two guys. Definitely deserving. Paul Gasol's speech was great. I love the story he told about Kobe uh, coming to his house at 1 a.m. when he got drafted and was like, congratulations, we're going to win the title, and then left. <laughs> like I, I love hearing that story. That was great. Uh, Dwayne Wade's speech, 
was just absolutely outstanding. Great way to close the show, bringing his father up, you know, and sharing that moment with him. That was that was just really cool to see, man. So, yeah, just overall really good uh, speeches at the Hall of Fame, man, and two really good guys that are completely deserving of being in the Hall of Fame, Will. You know what's interesting, though, as we talk about these guys here, and of course I have to bring it back to the current team, Let's it's kind it. of this same formula, right, of bringing in these sort of like past their prime former all-stars to try to be competitive for the eighth seed. And I think it's kind of crazy that even though we're in a new – era of you know the general management um that they're still kind of doing the same thing bringing in tomorrow and obviously tomorrow has been better than either of these guys um just probably had a career year two years ago and then um another all-star season last year so but it's just it's interesting to think about it because i think one of the frustrating things about the d wade year with the bulls was that it was like it just felt like a shortcut they had this opportunity to build around a 27-year-old all-star who was just entering his prime, who had really, you know, blossomed into a true top 15 player in the NBA. And the idea is to like build a, you know, organic ground-up team full of guys that like are young and talented and can grow together. And then all of a sudden you just like cut corners and bring in Rondo and D-Wade. And both of those guys did have really impressive moments during the playoffs. And like, I don't think the bulls win two of those games, maybe even get to the playoffs if they're just like really, really building something from the ground floor. But um, I think it's kind of a similar frustration now of just like, you know, why can't they just develop their own talent? Why do they have to keep doing this same playbook of bringing in aging stars, you know, not really competing for anything real and then having things fizzle out and then, just do it again. And so it is interesting. I think, you know, both of those guys kind of represent the same thing. Whereas, you know, early in, you know, the 20, 2009, 2010 season, when you really have like young Derek Rose, young Joakim Noah, young Luol Deng, um, and you're kind of complimenting Kirk Heinrich in there and stuff like that, where you really are able to build something. I think that's like been the most joyful team to watch. And it seems like they've totally moved away from it. Now that's a hard thing to do. But it is interesting to see those parallels. Yeah, you're right. Definitely there. Um, and yeah, definitely some parallels there for sure. And Jimmy Butler, they, they, yeah, I don't think the total belief was there. Well, obviously it wasn't because they ended up trading him away uh, for sure. But the total belief wasn't there. But yeah, they wanted Dwayne Wade. I think that was more like a, uh, for White Sox fan, like bringing in Tony LaRusa, you know, after exactly. they had their team together. It was kind of one of those situations. Um, even though D-Wade still had something left in the tank for sure. But at the same time, they were also consolation prizes because it was hard to go get a free agent to come here because nobody wanted to come here and be around here and play. So you had to go get those older guys. You really didn't have a choice. You're going to go get those older guys or you're going to go get nothing. And I remember that was the problem. They were going to end up with nothing if they didn't go get Rondo, especially a point guard. They had nothing at point guard because nobody wanted to come here. So they really didn't have a say-so or a choice in that. So some of that was their doing, for sure. Some of that was just guys not wanting to be here. Uh, but, you know, it happened. I I enjoyed some of it. I really did enjoy some of watching them three alphas play because those playoff, both of them playoff games in Boston were outstanding uh, to me to see that happen. It just sucked that Rondo got hurt. But, yeah, it happened. It went down. It exploded. <laughs> and here we are right now. Talking about the current rinse, uh, state of rinse, the Chicago repeat. Bulls. You did, we're here with the Chicago Bulls, man. 
again, dealing with more injuries and, you know, aging stars who are doing their thing. But we still here and still want to go to the playoffs. So speaking of aging stars <laughs> that would have come here, that might want to be here. James Harden, ladies and gentlemen. What the hell is going on with James Harden? Does James Harden? Harden want to be anywhere? I just don't even I'm, know at this point. Well, I know where he don't want to be, and that's Philly. He definitely don't want to be there, man. Um, this all started. We, let me take you back to the beginning. Thanks, Kevin. Let me take you back to the beginning when it started with Woj dropping this right here, saying the Sixers ended trade talks on guard James Harden and planned to bring him back to training camp at the start of the season. The Sixers had periodically periodic offseason conversations with the Clippers, Harden's desired destination, but no traction on a deal materialized. Now, as soon as that came out, I was like, now the James Harden I know, I don't think he's going to sit back and, you know, be okay with this. And then as soon as that came out, then another one dropped. Boom. Another one. Face. Another one. James Harden no longer wants to play for the 76ers and has no plans of participating in training camp. What? And I'm like, well, okay. Like, when you send that out there, you're like kind of serious. And, and at that point, I was like, is he serious about this? Like, maybe he's just, you know, talking because, you know, he's trying to get some trade stuff drum up. Well, <laughs> James Harden really doubled down on what he was talking about because he said this right here today over in China. Shout out to Shams. James Harden. This is a quote. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Let me say it again. Daryl Morey is a liar. And I will never be a part of any organization that he's a part of. Damn. I've never heard. This is a new one. Usually he just will to try to get out of a, a city or a team he doesn't want to play for. He either put on the weight or he just went on like a party tour. This is a scorched earth. I haven't seen him go scorched earth before, Will. What do you what do you make of all this, Will? Because this is wild. It's honestly insane. I've never seen anything like this. And they're there probably never has been anything like this. I mean, it's just totally unprecedented. Um, there was a really funny tweet from Trey Kirby that I want to pull up here for a second because oh, it, shout really, out Trey Kirby. it really captured the moment here. And um, I saw that tweet too. I know the way you're talking about it. It was really funny. <laughs> as I, He said, James Harden has the deepest trade request bag in league history. <laughs> He's done a classic just give up. He's gone on the party tour. Now he's slandering his own GM, one of the greats. It's so true. Like, I I cannot imagine a world where he doesn't get severely punished for this by the league. I mean, this is like an absolute disaster if you're the league letting this kind of, like, it's just, it. it I, I just am stunned. I, I really cannot believe it. But um, the really interesting piece of this is like, you know, obviously they had the the holdout situation with Ben Simmons two years ago and or last year, whenever it was. Um, and, you know, uh, Maury said, I'm going to get whatever I want for Simmons. I'm going to get picks. I'm going to get a haul and ultimately ended up having to give up a couple of first round picks to get off of James Harden or to get off of Ben Simmons. But obviously you bring back a star player in James Harden. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just it's the same formula with Harden. And to me, it's like, I just wonder where or if he will ever be happy in a certain place because he just keeps wanting to bounce around. And I, I do um, want players to like have power. I'm for player empowerment. 
but like if you're an organization and for example, the Clippers, like the reason why uh, there was the report that the uh, 76ers aren't going to be shopping anymore is because they just couldn't get the offers that they wanted. So they're like, all right, we'll call it a day for now. Maybe let's try to replicate what the uh, Suns and Nets did with KD last year and just like try again at the deadline. Uh, but the reason they did that is because they just weren't getting any real offers. And if you're another team trying to trade for James Harden, first of all, do you really want to do that? Do you want to try to invest assets in a guy who's going to be a free agent next year, who could just turn at any moment and decide he doesn't want to play and demand a trade? There's just a lot that goes into it. But I just, I think my first reaction was like, holy shit, I've never heard of anything like this before. <laughs> Never heard of nothing like this. And the, and the way it happened, because I woke up to this, you know, so that's what was wild about it. And the fact he did it in China, we all know Daryl Murray. It, it, listen, that I, that is not a mistake. I don't believe that's a mistake of him doing it there, man. He is James Harden is wild, like completely wild for this whole situation, man. And part of it I, is on him and part of it is on on management. Um, It seems like he was promised something by man. He did take a pay cut. Seemed like he was promised to get some on the back end. Didn't happen that way. But at the same time, James Harden, man, has been – this has been his M.O. for the last, what, one, two, three – three teams he's been on, man. Like, he hasn't been happy since what? Since OKC? Like, I remember him talking about how much love he and he had and how shocked he was when he got traded. It, it feels like that kind of did something to him, Will. Like, yeah, they, like they had a couple of good years in Houston for sure. But then, like, eventually it just kind of fizzled out. And what's crazy about yeah. it is, like – he went back to Maury with Sixers because they had such a great relationship. And so this idea that like, obviously something has soured between them, whether it was like, you know, a promise that they would try to move him or, uh, you know, obviously he took the pay cut last year in order for them to bring, to be able to bring in uh, PJ Tucker and Daniel house and try to bolster out the roster. And then they gave him a player option and with the idea that like, okay, we'll sign you to a bigger deal long-term but he opted in potentially because he decided he wanted to be gone. And yeah, I mean, there was just like some lack of communication. Um, we saw like Kyrie respond to it on Twitter, which I thought was really interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, just like at a certain point, the relationship is just over. And I think it's, it's just kind of screwy for both sides, but the real issue is that there's no real resolution that like mm -hmm. makes sense for either party at this point. Yeah, and we're going to get into that in the next segment, man. We'll talk about it. What's next for Harden, not just Harden, but the landscape of the East? How is that going to change if James Harden is there or not? And, of course, should the Bulls be trying to throw their hat into the James Harden ring? I kind of know. We'll see. We'll get into it, man. But first, I want to talk about a place that I like going, Will. And nobody knows this, but I like when I travel because I love to travel. All right. When I travel, I always look for this spot when I'm traveling, because I know when I get there, I can fill up and I can get my snacks. Then the two things that you need on a road trip and that place is Circle K. That's what I'm looking for. You're looking for the Circle K when you're on the road trip. My favorite thing is to be getting off at a town that I have never heard of and going into that Circle K and just seeing how they're living up in there. Because the gas station to kind of tell you the situation of the town that you're in, man. And I like that. And Circle K has never, ever let me down. Got my favorite road traps, road trip snacks, the best deals that you will ever get. 
the go-to pickups and always a location available for you. They are down with us here at CHGO. And of course, they're going to have some of them energy drinks that I know the GOAT is going to have to get down on. He's got to have it, man. He's got to have one. Get some coffee for Matt. Get some get some chips for me. We're going to be all right. So thanks to Circle K for sponsoring CHGO. Make sure you visit the nearest Circle K to pick up all of your favorite finds. Whatever you like, whatever candy you like, whatever chips you like, they got it in there. The bathrooms are always clean, which is always kind of hard to find when you're on the road at a gas station. But I've never seen a dirty bathroom in the Circle K. Shout out to them for that as well, man. Shout out to Circle K, y'all. Stop by. Get you something. And also, while I'm sitting here doing this, just got an email, Will. From a an email. Boy. Yeah, this is new. He sent me an email. He usually text me. It was an email here because he wanted to send me a picture. Uh, it's him. He's in China. And <laughs> looks like he's standing on the same court that James Harden was standing on. And the text says, I told him not to say that. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> baby Joey, always the voice of reason, bro. Like, he's always the voice of reason. Trying he to get said he never understood. Down. He never understood why Harden would do something like that. He, he, he don't get it. He don't understand. He don't understand, Will. Why would James Harden do that? And why you got to pay so much money to get some premium polarized shades on your face? He don't understand. I don't understand. The GOAT never understood. And you know who else don't get it? Shady Rays. So guess what? They're going to do something about it, y'all. Why? Because they're an independent sunglasses company off of that world-class product. It's just as good as any expensive pair you've ever put on your wonderful face. Those durable frames, those extremely clear optics for your outdoor and your indoor adventionates. And that's not all. They got that Matt Peck lost in broken replacements plan. Let's say he gets mad like he does, and he tosses that hat like he does. It goes splat. Them glasses crack apart and break. Oh, stuff everywhere. He's sad. But now he realized he could take them glasses, put them into an envelope, send them right back into Shady Rays. They're going to send him a brand new pair. No questions asked. Or Guaranteed. Let's say you're checking out the GOAT. And you're sitting there like, man, he's an incredible writer. But at the same time, he looks damn cool with them sunglasses on. I could do the same thing. One, you could be a good writer. Maybe not as good as the GOAT. Two, you definitely ain't going to look like the GOAT. But let's say you get those glasses that he got. As long as you do it within 30 days, y'all, you can send that pair in, get you a style that fits you, and you will get it for free. No questions asked, and there's no risk when you shop. Shady Rays has always got your back. So, exclusively for the listeners out there, Shady Rays giving away that best deal of the season. ShadyRays.com is where you go. CHGO is the promo code that you use. 50% off of two-plus pairs of premium polarized shades is what you're going to get. And you try it for yourself. The shades that are rated five stars by over 250 thousand people because it's shady rays y'all with them rays are oh so damn shady so let's get into james harden get back into him i should say and well let's talk about because i know you wanted to get into how this would kind of affect the landscape of the eastern conference because when we were talking i remember we were talking earlier uh about the teams who are going to be those for sure playoff teams like the ones you could just put in pin they're going to be there. I remember saying to you and, and Matt, there's always a monkey wrench every single time. Like there's going to be a team that's going to be a monkey wrench. Somebody we're expecting to be there that just won't be there or they'll be struggling. 
And after something like this, it, it feels like it just might be Philly on that. Um, do you feel that same way? Or do you feel like, no, this is something they could probably come back from if Harden is going to play? Well, I think that's where things get really interesting. And I think before you can even really talk about that, you have to figure out, one, if he's going to go anywhere and, you know, who are the the suitors? But also, like, how is this, so, this going to resolve? Because there is a clause, as I'm sure people who have been on Twitter today have seen um, floating around, that basically says, I don't know if you, uh, uh, Kev, do you have a picture with this in it by any chance? Otherwise, I can just read it. There it is. Um, a player from Bobby Marks today via the new CBA, a player who withholds playing services uh, called for by a player contract for more than 30 days after the start of the last season covered by his player contract shall be deemed not to have completed his player contract by rendering the playing services called for thereunder. Accordingly, such a player shall not be a veteran free agent and shall not be entitled to negotiate or sign a player contract with any professional basketball team unless and until the team for which that last player played expressly agreed otherwise. So what does this mean? This means that starting with the first day of training camp, which is usually like the first day of October, or last couple of days of September, mm-hmm. If Harden does not show up within 30 days, he will, he'll be fined number one for each day that he misses, but two, he waives his right to become a free agent. So obviously he is in the last year of his deal. And I think a big piece of this whole negotiation and who might be interested is that he's going to be a free agent. And it's like, is this somebody that you want to tie your wagon to in terms of giving them uh, you know, a new contract Harden's on the older side now um, and just has been like really unhappy after about six months of his last several stops. So I think that's, that's really a big question here, but if he does hold out for more than 30 days, the Sixers can basically say, you're not allowed to become a free agent. And also you can't sign with any basketball team in the world, not just in the NBA period. And until until we say otherwise. And like, we have no incentive to say otherwise. So the Sixers do have a lot of leverage here to basically force Harden to play. Can they make him play at his peak? Can they make him come into a camp at, you know, in peak form and peak shape? No, but uh, you know, they do have the leverage, unlike a situation with Ben Simmons, where, you know, he was injured and had other stuff going on to where he was able to kind of sit out and use that in uh, as part of his holdout. Harden has to play unless, you know, some major injury happens during like a summer workout or something. So I think that's where things get really interesting. Uh, Harden also like his leverage in the situation would be like, well, you will be a lot worse off if I don't play or if I'm not playing my best. So it makes sense for you to try to find a trade, even if it's not going to be the value that you want back. Um, And so I think that's where this sort of standoff is at right now. Harden's really unhappy. He doesn't want to come back, but he knows he needs to because of this rule. So the Sixers, you know, are going to have to figure something out because now he's publicly saying their GM is a liar and he's not going to play for him. Uh, So it's like, I'm not sure who's winning here, who's winning this part of the argument, but until we know what happens with him, it's really hard to say what's going to happen with this Eastern Conference landscape. And, you know, Harden could end up being moved to the Clippers. I think that's been the main destination and really the only destination that people have talked about 
But if he moves to another team in the East, that will also shake things up. So um, I think that's where it gets kind of complex and interesting. But certainly, I mean, the Sixers are not really built to continue to win at a high level without Harden playing at a high level, right? Mm. Uh, they've obviously got Embiid, MVP of the league, and he's going to be really good regardless of who he's playing with. But also, like, the burden on that guy is now going to be that much higher to where he has to be the one that's, like, carrying everything on both sides of the ball. Obviously, he's still got Maxi, um, but, and, you know, Crumble Cookie, Tobias Harris. But they're not going to be the same caliber of team without Harden. And it doesn't seem like they're going to be able to get much for him in return at this point. Because if I'm another team trying to trade for him, why would I give up that much? So, uh, yeah, I mean, they could they could definitely fall off. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it's such a weird situation. I'm, I'm going off the idea right now that um, James Harden, they're going to find a way to, to trade him. Um, Mainly because I think it the main person who has the main say so player wise in this is Joel Embiid because he's the MVP, he's your star, he's the dude that you can't lose under any circumstance. All right, so Joel Embiid is saying, Get him out of here, I don't want him here, we need to move on, let's do something else. Then he's gone, and that's kind of how I'm looking at it because Embiid doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to want to deal with something like this. And I think they'll find a way to to make that happen, uh, to get them on down, whether them whether they just play this posturing. Because I don't think anybody wins right now, Will, because you were like, who has the upper hand wins? I don't think anybody. No, uh, everybody's losing. Scenario. Everybody's taking the L. They're dragging each other down. Exactly. It, like, it doesn't help. Doesn't help the organization. Doesn't help Harden's reputation. It doesn't help any of those things at all. Yeah, he's not um, helping himself either, right? Like nobody mm-hmm. is more incentivized to give up they know what situation the Sixers are in. Why are they going to all of a sudden overpay to get this guy to help out the Sixers in this situation? No. Are they going to do this to help out themselves because they really now trust James Harden's going to want to be there and play at his best long-term? Also, no. Right. You have no clue how he's going to be doing it. So I'm operating under that assumption that he goes. But if he stays and and he plays for them, I mean, obviously he's going to put up his numbers, but you know this, Will, like a guy with that has that kind of attitude on your team can't be helpful. Like I haven't seen that that kind of dysfunction win in a, in a very long, in a long time. I'm not going to say very long, but in, in a long time, I haven't seen that kind of dysfunction win. We saw it with the Lakers in the early 2000s. You know, they had that kind of dysfunction. They won. The Bulls were walking <laughs> dysfunction all the time, but, but they were still winning those championships. So it can happen for sure, but we just saw it with Golden State. We just saw it with Draymond Green and Jordan Poole and the issues they had. And they couldn't come to an understanding there. And they went home, you know, in the playoffs. And Jordan Poole is off the team. He's gone. So I, I don't think – I don't see how it could work if he stays there and you want your team to get better. I don't think that helps if you're just, like, playing them out of spite, if you're talking about winning and helping Joel Embiid try to achieve a championship. So that's why I think he'll they're going to try to find a trade for him. They're going to ride it for as long as they can. Of course, but then I think we'll like at the end of the day, they're gonna they're gonna make some kind of trade for him, bro. Cause truth be told, what is it, one year left on his deal? So this is just yeah. the final year of something. So it's not a long-term issue for you as a 76 a team. It's just it's a one-year deal. So do you want to take the L now and then come on back next season and, and re-up? Or do you want to waste more time with Embiid, who will just be putting this in his checkbook and will continue to get phone calls? from Jimmy Butler down in Miami about coming to play with him. 
Yeah. And I think that's really the biggest thing here is like, how does this affect your franchise player? Because he's now dealt with this dating back to the Simmons thing. And now through Harden, like this is not a stable environment for him. This is not a place where I can imagine he would want to continue to try to like play. I mean, this is not getting any less toxic right now. They could force him to come to practices, to games, sit on the bench, not play him. But like, is that helping the team try to perform at any higher of a level? Like, are they going to be able to do that around this situation? I doubt it. So I agree they'll try to move him. But again, what team is giving up anything of value in order to try to bring this guy in now, given what else has gone on? So even if you're the Clippers, like maybe two expiring contracts is like worth it. But this has to be a team like the 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 team setting has to be right. It has to be a place where James says he wants to go. It has to be a place where you can give up basically expiring contracts and not much else and still afford to compete. And it has to be a place where like you can withstand it if things go wrong again. I mean, it's kind of like the Kyrie situation last year with Dallas, where they were just like really desperate to try to find a guy that they could, you know, pair next to Luca and try to just like new situation. Let's try to, you know, start things over uh, and see if we can't make this work. I think it'll probably be a situation like that. I'm not sure who is desperate enough and we may not find out until the trade deadline. But to me, I get why I would just let him go for as little as I possibly could if you're the 76ers, but there still has to be a trade partner. And I think that's where if we transition into the Bulls and how they factor in, um, like I get the the fit. I think there's a real argument there. Um I get that he's still an expiring contract and that, you know, if it doesn't work, you can just move on anyway. Um, And maybe that's what they end up doing with DeMar in the first place. Right. Uh, So maybe long-term you're not actually losing anything, but to me, I just don't know if like, if I would give up, I think DeMar is more valuable. I don't, I don't know if I would do that. If I was the bulls, like I said, I see an argument, but like one of the things I think the bulls have done really well is had a stable environment I think you credit AK there for putting together a group of guys that's like willing to all grow in the same direction. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, throwing a grenade in that boat and trying to see what happens could, could end up being worse. So yes, maybe you are better on the floor. Um, Maybe it goes really well for a year, but then what? And I think that's, I mean, maybe that's the whole going back to the D Wade and Powell conversation. Like maybe that's all it is. It's just like, let's, Let's try this thing out and figure it out, figure out the rest later. Maybe maybe that's just the Bulls MO. Yeah, let me let me talk about it from both sides. Cause from a I'm from basketball side, for me, it makes all the sense in the world. And you got James Harden here. Like saying what you want about him in his past six seasons, his last six seasons, Harden has been at least 20 points, five rebounds, and 10 assists. In his past six seasons, even with the injuries and with all that stuff going on, Harden is still putting up those Harden-like numbers. His three-point shot has dwindled. I believe he was 38% uh, last year, which kind of was an uptick from where he was the previous season, which was about 32 or 33. But yeah, even James since Harden he left, Harden. even since he left Houston, where he was like 36, you know, seven and eight or something like that, yeah, uh, he's right. been 22 points, seven rebounds, ten and a half assists, a steal and a half on 43 36 87 shooting splits like he's, do, he is producing at a very it's high what, level it's what he does it's what he does he produces at at high levels so one 
for the millionth time, I keep saying it. Billy Donovan needs a point guard for his offense to work. I, I feel like he truly can't see his offense unless he has a point guard. Um, and James Harden is one of those kind of dudes. It's one of them kind of point guards. So he sures that up right there. You want to talk about ball movement? It's James Harden all day. Finding guys, you know what I'm saying, cutting them, finding them when they're open, that won't be an issue at all. Um, things will be uh, won't be as clogged up. Uh, with James Harden there. Now, he'll handle that rock a lot at the top of the key. There'll be a lot of dribbling for sure. Um, but James Harden also gets to the line a ton, which also will help your team. Uh, so that kind of replaces what DeMar does. I'm just talking about as far as getting to the line. Uh, it kind of replaces what he does at that as well. So that helps. Uh, playing next to Zach Levine, putting him with a point guard won't hurt. Putting Pat Williams and Vooch with that kind of guard won't, help, won't hurt. And putting him with the other younger guards also doesn't hurt at all. Got Look at guys like Maxi and kind of things that he's done playing alongside guys like James Harden. So from a basketball perspective, and like you mentioned, Will, like the one-year deal, having it left, like both of those guys, I'm talking about DeMar, have a one-year deal left, so you don't really lose anything. And, and Philly gets back a really excellent basketball player in DeMar DeRozan. Like that's DeMar DeRozan, all right? So they get back an uh, all-star and a guy who's super legit. In that probably probably the best player that I can think of that they would get back right now. Um, mm -hmm. right. Like I again, given the circumstances, if I'm another team trying to like win the James Harden sweepstakes, I'm not giving up a player as good as DeMar. Um, right, right. I, and I think what we're both kind of like saying is if you're gonna let DeMar leave after this year anyway, because you want to try to start to pivot in the right direction. I'm not saying that's what the Bulls are going to do or want to do. But there's a world where that is that ends up being what they do. Why not just try it out with Harden instead this year? And then if it works, great. If it doesn't, great. You can you can move on anyway. And next year, you're looking at the same roster that you would, regardless of who you, you know, brought in, whether it was Harden or kept Demar. Yeah, and even when people were telling, well, Harden doesn't, you know, move that needle for you as well, are the same people who were saying that to me about Demar Derozan about not moving the needle. So for me, it's not what really gaining or losing something when it comes to, you know, those win totals and things like that, or as far, how far this team can go. I just know that what, as far as basketball in my head is concerned, what it could look like if James Harden is there on the floor, it could be much more wide open and more spacing on, on that floor, which will be, you know, kind of awesome to see. The part that I'm probably with you the most on, Will, is the out stuff that's off the court. <laughs> and you're right. They haven't brought in anybody that has really been a headache, you know, for the Chicago Bulls. Like, everybody's pretty chill. You know, everybody's pretty cool. Everybody's pretty quiet. Uh, DeMar, you know, Lonzo, Zach, Pat Williams, of course. Uh, you know, those guys Vooch. are chill. Uh, Vooch. Yeah, Vooch is very chill. Like, those are just some chill individuals, man. There's no real drama there. You know, there's no real issues there like that. James Harden coming in there, like, this is what he do. <laughs> you know, he's, he's about that drama life, dog. That's how he rolls. And that will not lend itself to Chicago Bulls fans, you know, here, dog. Like, they won't like that kind of thing at all. Like, they will be all over him uh, for that. So that could lead to him actually being upset here in Chicago, you know, and maybe leading to something else. Like, oh, man, screw it. I don't want to play that kind of thing. So – the emotional part of it is probably why I don't do this because DeMar DeRozan also has been outstanding, especially for 
the guys, you know, who are the young guys. Like I just watched the interview of uh, Patrick Williams uh, talking to TMZ, talking about how DeMar DeRozan doesn't get the credit that he deserves just as a player and just as a person. He doesn't get the credit that he deserves because of all that he does for them. Those 5 a.m. workouts. Harden ain't calling Harden calling you at 5 a.m. to come hang out with little baby. Like Harden ain't calling you to come work out. You know what I'm saying? Harden calling you to kick it. So you know, he's he's growing basketball players, you know, in this Bulls, which is what you want, you know, for the young guys that the Bulls have. So you take that away from them. What will those young guys feel like? You know, when they've lost their leader, you know, look like the guy they kind of look up to, the guy they, they trust in. So that could also backfire as well. So I don't want to mess up what's kind of been being built here as far as that kind of thing for the Bulls. You know, it feels like they know what kind of team they want to be and what kind of players that they want. And it doesn't feel like James Harden is that kind of player. Basketball-wise and skill-wise, you damn right. James Harden is that kind of player that the Bulls should want and that I want on this team. But outside of that, it, it probably ain't the guy, man. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's a couple other things to consider. One is, like, what would the Sixers do? And like I said, I don't think that they're getting back a better player than DeMar in a trade. Now, maybe what they're looking for is something a little bit more long-term, draft picks, and I don't think I would be adding anything. In fact, I probably – if I'm giving up DeMar and I think there's a chance at all that I would keep him beyond the season, I would want some sort of asset back. Uh, the problem is that James is making $6 million a year more than DeMar. We know how close the Bulls are to the luxury tax, and I don't see them going into it for right. any reason, let alone, you know, to bring in a, a loose cannon like James. It, it'll put um, them under the under the salary for like one million bucks. Am I right? Like over the salary cap, I'm just saying. If they just did a straight up trade Demar mm -hmm. for James Harden, they'd be over the luxury tax by like five or six million. So five or six. The right. bull the Bulls would have to add an, another salary, which it's like, okay, now we're starting to get a little like that taking a chance on James becomes like you're really kind of paying up for him because it would be like mm -hmm. Io or Javon Carter or Caruso or Patrick. That's like the money that you would need to match. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel great about giving up any of those guys. Io maybe but he can't even be traded until January right. 15th. Exactly. So it, it's all probably just a moot point. But, um, and if I'm the Sixers, like I think I probably, if if my goal is to win and, you know, try to keep Embiid around, like I, I do think there's an argument to be made that DeMar might be the best you can do. Um, and I think from a basketball perspective, you're really right. Like the Bulls do not have a point guard. They don't have somebody who's going to like set the table run a ton of pick and roll and get guys good shots. That's what Harden does. He's not as much the same scorer that he used to be. Um, but in terms of like the usage and the way that he'll dominate the ball, it's not all that dissimilar to DeMar. It's just going to be pick and rolls instead of isolations. And he'll be looking to find shooters instead of just looking for elbow jumpers. Um, right. And and so I do think from a basketball perspective, there's you know room to that you raise the ceiling potentially a little bit. Um, both guys, I think, have a similar reputation in the playoffs in terms of not being able to carry your team to a certain point or fizzling out. Um, so they are kind of similar, I think, in that way. Uh, but, but I think the real thing here is, like, even if the Bulls do become a better basketball team, if you just swap James Harden in for DeMar, even if you do feel that way, you can't separate that from all the other stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And... I think, yeah, like we can't just look at Harden on the floor in a vacuum because there's all this other stuff that could affect, you know, team chemistry. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, 
you know, just general team morale, uh, yeah. or just like this sense of, you know, when it, when are things going to blow up next? Obviously like Damar has been great for the young players. And I think that there's value in that, but at a certain point you can't just like keep him around to be the babysitter. Like you have to take the training wheels off with these guys. And maybe this is the opportunity to do that. Um, but yeah, I just think it, the risk is not worth the price that you would have to pay. Certainly given the fact that you would have to add additional money to get into that sweepstakes. So I, it, I could talk myself into it either way. Honestly, if they did the trade, I'd be a little surprised, a lot surprised. Um, yeah, I could yeah. talk myself into it. I would be super interested. It would be like a real wrinkle in just like this continuity thing kind of going up in flames. Uh, but I could also see why the Bulls would totally want to stay away from it. And I wouldn't want to blame them for that either. So kind of a lukewarm take here, but I, I really could talk myself into either one. And um, I'm not sure what would be better. Man, there it is, man. We're going to take this break. When we return, we will have some fun. Because Professor Goatley is going to show us all how to play the new cool game. It's called Hoops Creed. He's very excited about it, y'all. Y'all can't tell me. I'm excited for you, Dave. You excited for me? Well, I appreciate that. I'll take that. But first, Sunnyside is your home for that judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Emphasis on high. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your summer, your winter, your fall, your spring, whatever mood you're in, Sunnyside has got you, y'all. That one-stop shop for all your cannabis needs, no matter where you are on your cannabis journey, whether you're just starting or you're farther along than most. It's easy online ordering and in-store pickup, great transparent loyalty program, Sunnyside Rewards, and it's Illinois' favorite dispensary they got so many things to offer you y'all they got mindy's which is the best tasting gummies and the chocolate edibles created by james beard award-winning chef mindy siegel oh they pulling out the stops out here they're not playing with y'all all right they got the good news that's one of matt peck's favorite right there the good news they got the high supply oh they got the wonder which i probably rock with shout out shirtless wonder i'll probably get that for him and they got the remedy Oh, welcome to the wellness-minded cannabis. That is the remedy, y'all. So through August, head to sunnyside.shop and use the code CHGO25 at checkout, and you will get 25% off of your order. One use per customer, not stackable with other promotions. That is not only for new customers, y'all. Anyone can use this code CHGO25. 25% off at sunnyside.shop. Must be 21 and over in Illinois or an Illinois med card holder. Sunnyside dispensary. And the other thing that goes well with that beer. And where do you go get your beer from? The only place you should be getting it from. Give me one more. Give me one. Give me. Give me. I love it. See, that's why Rock and you always on it, man. And I love it so much. The Goose Island Beer Company, y'all. We rock with them very, very hard over here at CHGO. And you all should as well. Oh, they have so many wonderful beers. The roster is crazy. The Goose Island IPA, that six-time medal winner at the Great American Beer Fest. 
when they see them coming and you hear them metals jingling on their neck, the mother beer companies get scared. Like that's that sound. It's like Jaws, like music from Jaws or something. Gling, gling, gling. They get upset because they know who in the building. The Tropical Beer Hub, which is what I like to call the Herb Lawrence. 9.9% alcohol that is dangerously easy to drink, as Herb proved to us. The 312 Wheat Ale, which is the classic. And of course, the Matt Day favorite, the Full Pocket Pilsner. The everyday beer of what the brewers are drinking and what the people who are also drinking what the brewers are drinking are also drinking and are drinking. So... Grab that ultra fresh beer at the Goose Island Original Brew House on Clab on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park, or you can hit that tap room on Fulton Street in West Town because it's the Goose Island Beer Company, y'all. It's Chicago's beer, the true taste of Chicago. My man, Can't all right, man. Will, you want to get to this on the hoops grid, sir? Please inform the people of what we Let's are see about if I to can do. Pull this up here. And our guy Kevin right. is going to join us for this as well. Yeah, let's play. I was looking right, at play. it during the show. Let's play so. Hoops Grid. Nice. We might need some help. So, Dave, I don't know if you've seen these before, but just quick explainer. I know a lot of people have. Basically, we are looking at a grid where you have to match, you know, these tiles together. So for this one top left, we have Timberwolves and Grizzlies. So we need to find a player who played for both teams. Now, that is one challenge in and of itself, but to make things harder you have to think of like the most obscure players that you can because the more rare a pick is, the less common a guy is, the higher okay. your rarity score, which means you get a higher, um, I don't know what the, I don't even know what the term is, but your, your, your overall score ends up being higher. So um, for those of you that have not done it today, on the top, we have Timberwolves, New Orleans Pelicans, and teams that lost 55 games in a season. And then going down, we have Grizzlies, Clippers, and Miami Heat. So again, the idea here oh, is man. to find a, a player that played for the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves, the Grizzlies and the Pelicans, and a player who lost 55 games or more on a, in a season while playing for the Grizzlies. Same thing for the next row with the Clippers, Clippers-Wolves, Clippers-Pelicans, 55 games lost in a season for the Clippers, and then Heat. Um, make sense? That's kind not going to be easy. 55 <laughs> games lost in a season for the Heat and Clippers. I feel like Heat and Clippers have both been good for like 15 years, but oh, yeah, the Clippers have plenty of great. plenty of plenty of bad eras. Yeah, uh, all bad early like, 2000s. Actually Clippers. all all of those teams have had really bad eras. Like every one of those yeah. teams has had really bad eras. Um okay, so Timberwolves and Memphis, I mean I'm thinking saying, like I'm thinking Derrick Rose, like I was going to say Tyus know. Jones. Yeah, I, was gonna I, say Tyus, I don't think Derek has played for the Grizzlies yet, so I don't think he would count, but I'll try him because I feel like that would be a good one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we got like Tyus Jones. I think Kyle Anderson. Um, I don't know. Who else? Kyle, did Kyle Corver play Memphis? I don't think so. I don't, look, I don't think he did. Yeah, I think Kyle I Anderson know. did. I think, yeah, both those guys. No, Kyle um, Anderson did for sure. Uh, let's go with Tyus because he's not on either of those teams anymore. I feel like people will be less interested unless you have like an old throwback answer that I'm reading the chat too. There's a couple of good ones in here. We can uh, we can get help from the from the chat for sure. Yeah, there are a couple of them are saying Kyle Anderson, Chris Ooh, Patrick Dunn. Beverly. Yeah, yeah, Pat Bev. I was like Pat that was Bev. the easy one, so I didn't go with that one. Clippers, Wolves. 
Did he play yeah. for the Grizzlies? He did. Patrick Beverly? He played for the Grizzlies. Let me look. Let's make sure. He would work in either one of those boxes then. Let's make sure. No, he did not play for the Grizzlies. Yeah, he played say, for the Wolves. No Grizzlies? I, I do feel like I, I feel like that will be kind of a common one. Nope, no Grizzlies oh, for him. Nope. We can we only have a couple minutes here, so we can try to throw these in and then maybe improve our rarity score as we move on. Okay. Okay. So let's let's start with uh Tyus Jones here. Okay. Tyus Jones, the eleven eleven percent rarity. So that's not great, but not terrible. Okay. All right, let's move on to the next one. Grizzlies and Pelicans. Play for both the Grizzlies um, and the New Orleans. We're New Orleans Pelicans. It's not yes. going to be. It's not going to be a high rarity, but Stephen Adams immediately pops into my head. Yeah, he definitely plays. He comes you know. to mind for sure. I did like Danny Green play for both those teams or something. Like I don't know. I feel like some of these Ooh. guys who have bounced around a lot could be good answers. Danny oh, Green, that's a good right one. Um, I can only really remember Danny Green with, like, I remember obviously the Lakers and that. One. No, he did not. Play Raptors too. Um, yep. Raptors, Spurs, Raptors. God, I, there's got to uh, be a few. Who's but... the big guy? The big, the big center on uh, the Pelicans. Adams uh, or Valanciunas? Valanciunas. Ooh, See, yeah, Jonas like, Valanciunas would be one for sure. Okay. Try that. Ooh, yeah. 18, okay. tough. Yeah, it's a few <sighs> big guys that switch back and forth between those teams. Yeah. Okay. All right, 55 games in a season. So that's going to be like the early Grizzlies days with like oh. Baron Davis or like the Iverson. The brother maybe? of the guy we talked about today, Marc Gasol. Marc Gasol. I'll go Marc Gasol. That'd mm. be my guess. I think I feel like he played on some really bad teams there. I'm thinking Vancouver Grizzlies when I think of that. Wow, twelve percent still. Twelve percent. I don't think that would work. Okay. I was so thinking we got, we got some work Randolph. to do. But... All right, all right. Clippers and Timberwolves. So they played for the Clippers and the Timberwolves. Well, that's I'm Patrick thinking, Beverly. Yeah, Jamal Crawford, Patrick Beverly. Crawford. Um. um oh, uh, goodness. No, he didn't play for both of them. Uh, trying to dig into the back in the day. Omera Sheik didn't play for the Timberwolves, did he? I don't believe he, so. I don't think so. I could look. I could look. I don't think he did. I know he played for the Pelicans. I was thinking Clippers Pelicans, but I don't think he played for the Clippers at all. Ah. Any help from uh, the comments here? Definitely played for the Pat, Pelicans. See a couple Pat Bevs, a Tony Allen. Tony Allen. Oh man. Did he play for the Clippers? I I don't think so that would be a good one if you did let's see it oh. yeah i don't think so nope that is it. i saw Poo chris richardson. dunn did he play who richardson you're right who richardson did play for the clip he definitely played for the timberwolves write it up oh wow, hell look yeah. at that 0.5 percent shout out who did that deadmond 1599 deadmond. in the chat Fuck yeah man that was awesome shout out Poo richardson I'm, yeah Poo richardson was cool back in the day he could play love that Love that. Appreciate the help. Uh, Pelicans, Clippers. Oh, again, it's in the New Orleans that's throwing me off. Eric Bledsoe. Mm. Nice. I like it. I like that. I feel like that's got to be pretty low rarity. Maybe. I don't it's know. Recent player. They want some obscure people. Like, you see, Pooh don't even have his picture up. That's what they want. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know. 
That's how they know, man, for real. Uh, I did one of these a few weeks ago, and I guessed John Lucas the third for Bulls Rockets, and it was like, yeah, 0.06% or something, and it had no face on there. <laughs> I was like, let's go. For the sake of moving this thing along, let's just go with Bledsoe. Bledsoe. Okay. All right. Okay. 6.9%. Okay. That's one of our better it's not ones. Bad. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Lost 55 games in a season with the Clippers. Like, oh, man. I feel like uh, it's been good for I like saw, a decade. I saw Olo Kandi in there. That could be a good Danny, one. Um, Danny Ferry. Um, Danny Ferry. All right. Danny Manning. Mm-hmm. They, those one? are trash teams. Either one. Uh, probably. I don't know. Either one. Zero Danny people. Manning might be a little bit more obscure. Okay. Nice, Dave. Good. That's what good I love call. to see. All right, Heat and Timberwolves. We're not doing Jimmy Butler. That's going to be like the most obvious one. So Heat played for the Heat and the Timberwolves. That's right. Mm, for the Heat and the Timberwolves. Stuff. Did Stefan Marbury play for the Heat? I don't know. <sighs> I can't remember. Hold on. Um, I know. He, I know he played for the Timberwolves. Oh, uh, Luol Deng. Great. Oh, yeah. He did have that random year with the Heat. Nice, Dave. Add away. Look at us improving as we go. (laughs) I love to see it. All right. Pelicans and Heat. Played for the Pelicans and played for the Heat. When did the Pelicans like get established? I I feel like this team's only like. I think you get. I think you also get Hornets players with this. I believe. Do you? Do you get Hornets players? I believe. Well, then Kendall Gill. If I get Hornets players, then Kendall. I, I'm. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure you do. Nope. Find no. Nope. Okay. Nope. Maybe not. Right. Then. I was about to say. Um. Okay. So play for the New Orleans Pelicans. And play for that. Yeah, I don't oh, know. Uh, then Mashburn. Wait, Mashburn wasn't on New Orleans Pelicans. No, he That's played for the Hornets. Because in base the in the baseball immaculate grid, you get you get the. Old city and the team, whatever it was pushed. That's interesting. That's not the same here in the NBA one. Mm. Mm. James Posey from the chat. King Vaughn. King Von. Posey. Posey's <laughs> a good one. James Posey. Yeah. Yeah. James Posey. There you go. That's a good one. James That's Posey. One. Nice. I was there thinking about him. All right. Lost 55. lost 55 games in a season with the Heat. Have the Heat ever lost 55 games in a season? That would have been oh, like. A, pre- I mean. Yeah. I'm going to go with my man who said Bimbo Coles. They probably had Bimbo Coes, man. They lost to the Bulls in that playoff series after they won the title. Yeah, try and Bimbo then they Coles rebuilt like for a year after that. Wow, Bimbo Coes. Dang. <laughs> Dang. Okay, Dang. so Dave, Dave, good rarity fifty-seven score. rarity score. Mm-hmm. Our score is better than fifty percent of grids. So tomorrow, if we do this again, we got to improve. Mark it down, fifty-seven. <laughs> Man, Why sound like it's not like homework, Will? No, I'm just saying, like, like, that's that's how we'll do it. We'll keep trying to get better. <laughs> okay, Dave, you killed we'll it, man. Better. You did great. Yeah, that was awesome. Well, that's what Will thank said. Thank you for thank you for, you know, uh, for indulging me. Real. That was fun. That man. was fun. Thanks for thanks for that the help fun. in the comments, guys. We appreciate that. Yes, appreciate y'all. I, I do Shout have a quick uh, show announcement too that we got from our sure. guy Law. We got uh, countdown. Hey, there it is. Joey's return. We got a countdown clock. The you won't have to deal with me. You get Joey. Seven days, the one countdown. week from today. One week, and the Joey's will be back in the chat, and they shall return, and they will love it all, and it should be a good time had. So, yes, we're looking forward to that. 
but we also are enjoying our time with our guy kevin wells ladies and gentlemen, i appreciate right it i love coming on, on this screen. show you guys got energy man i love it appreciate you man appreciate you y'all we will be back with you guys of course myself and will the go god leave we'll be in here talking more bulls with you as we get closer and closer to bulls fest and we hope to see you guys out there because that's going to be an amazing and awesome time so make sure you check out the show wherever you listen to podcasts listen to it watch our shows on youtube follow will at will underscore gottlieb follow me at b-a-w-l bow sports and yeah we'll be with you guys tomorrow so stay peace stay blessed and we out feel better pack <laughs> see you man